is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. This is your host, Brandon, Joe, my host, Nick, and Dan, and gentlemen, Fulham match review, the full ham Broadway review. That's right, the noisy neighbors. We are at the bottom of the West London table. It is not pretty, but we're going to run it back because there were some pretty things, Dan. I don't know if you saw Enzo's haircut. Dude looks fresh off 106-some-odd million transfer. He looked a lot sharper than a couple of people who have been in this side for quite some time. So I'm very excited to talk about Enzo Fernandez, Nick. I maybe am less excited to talk about some of the other performances on the evening. Like anything to do with the attack or, or what? What is an attack? It's a really great question. I I find myself uh, feeling like I understood football, and then now I'm I'm just digressing from from the the mean there. So, yeah, uh, there, there's a lot to fix. A lot to fix. We'll get into it. Well, obviously, expectations riding absolutely to the moon after that transfer window, especially with Enzo ceiling. Um, so we'll talk about him, right? We'll talk about his debut. Uh, we'll talk about Friday Night Football and how. Maybe we should leave that to the Americans and uh, we'll hammer home some of the changes that probably still need to be made. Uh, so as always, Dan, temp check with the lovely audience out there. Uh, three word match review. How how's everyone doing? This might be the most responded to three word match review ever. <laughs> it's at 600 and wow. we're five or six hours removed and people are still responding. So uh, very wonderful. The listeners Exceptional. 10 out of 10 rating for your performance today. Um, the way that we got into it was Jeff with the can't cash in. There are a lot of money puns, uh, clearly. <laughs> Kalen with the transfer market withdrawals. That's fun. Chelsea Finland with the preseason has begun. Dart Texan with the goals seem impossible. And a little bit of the Sean Bean, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. It is folly. A gif associated with it. Jason with the agree with Bowley, and it's just his reaction looking up to the heavens in SW6 <laughs> after uh, one of the many times that a, a ball did not go into the back of the net. Shane with the points are amortized, so I guess we're just getting those points out over time. Craig with, he had to bring some positive back at the end, with Enzo a Ferrari. I think that is true. He's definitely a engine there. And then Clip Show with the Dortmund preseason friendly, which is a great way to think about this on our run-in to winning the Champions League, Nick. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, bark, no bite. Pretty straightforward. Lots of yapping today. Both teams physical. Nothing else. I Yeah, I kind of was with that as well. I said not offensive enough, um, you know, in enough ways. Not obviously offensive production. Uh, to your point, no bite. We weren't offensive enough just of like on the pitch. So um, a little bit more needs to happen. I went with beta, not prod. It's a little bit of a, you know, when you think about coding or building a program, you have phases that you do that in. And we are not at the production phase for this Chelsea side yet. There's still a lot of experimentation going on, just building out the systems and structures. And so, yeah, I think expectations and reality did not connect today. I mean, they were never gonna, were they? <laughs> no. I think this is why that this one hurts more, or people are more frustrated at the end result because of the high we just had over the last 48, 72 hours of the end of the transfer window into now. It does feel a little muted and like the result did not match some of the off the pitch 
investment to really try to supercharge this side for the back half of the season. Um, huge shout out to Rakesh. You joined us up on Patreon. We'll see you in Discord. Apple Podcasts are back with the Z Medic in the US and Jules, uh, 4559 from the UK, uh, continuing to climb in Spotify as well on a road to 2,000 reviews. But you're all here for the match review. It was full on this past Friday, the 3rd of February. Uh, we were playing in the Premier League at Sanford Bridge. In case you missed it, Chelsea nil, Fulham nil. I actually walked in at halftime, and man, Elizabeth was working. She's like, "What's the score?" I said, zero, zero. She goes, "You mean nil, nil?" Picking I was immediately up. put in my place. Picking it up. There so you go. She's gonna fit right in in our trip, <laughs> apparently. So obviously, no goals, but we'll kick it over to the uh, fifth stand app for the highlights. Obviously, if you haven't downloaded the official Chelsea FC app, do it. They drop lineups. Uh, Enzo photos and everything else there first. You won't want to miss it. So thanks for letting us use uh, the content. We'll be right back. Here's Fellini. Pereira again can hit it. Great save from Kepa. Fernandez, that's a lovely way of pass for Mason Mount. Havers wants it. Havers gets it. Little touch there from Tim Ream. Just took it off his toe. Ziesch. That's better, he's onside. Oh, Havertz, through here. Can he beat Leno? Oh, it's off the woodwork. And he's so onside. unlucky, no flag. Oh, Fernandez, that might be his first misplaced pass, but it might be a costly one. Mitrovic is going for goal from halfway. Oh, and Kepa did well there. He could easily have carried that over the line if he wasn't switched on. That's a good ball. Havertz, up against Ream. Trying to find Madueke, it was telegraphed by Reed. There's Fernandez. Oh, that was the headline. Gallagher on the turn. Finding Havertz. Moved it on for Madueke. Oh, almost worked it for Fafana, it came back to Gallagher. Oh, it's the side of the net which is rippling rather than the back of it. Gallagher looking to get Fafana away and the goalkeeper came and didn't get there. Oh, and Reams there to clear it off the line and deny Fafana a first Chelsea goal. All right, Dan, that means you're up 4-3-3, I mean, whatever, it didn't really matter at this point. But who was out there? Well, you saw the clean sheet specialist in Kepa Aretha Blaga between the sticks. It was Benoit Badiashil, Thiago Silva, Rich James back from his injury, and Marco Correa as your back four. Then you had Enzo Fernandez, Mason Mount, and Connor Gallagher. It's just going to get, it's going to be so weird for the next couple of weeks to continue saying Enzo Fernandez as a part of our midfield lineup, but I love it. And then uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, Hakim Ziyech, and Kai Havertz is your attacking trio. Uh, ben Showell back in the very, very final minutes of the game. Cesar Espelicueta coming in as a replacement as well. Raheem Sterling, David Dautrofafana, and Madueke all getting a chance to come out and strut their stuff today. Trev Chalaba, Koulibaly, Chukwameka, and Bettinelli. Unused substitutes. I think the big one, Nick, was no Yang in the Champions League squad or in the Match Day squad, despite not being injured. Do you think that that's 
a coincidence, Dan? No, I don't. Okay, nor do I. I put a poll out about that just to kind of like gauge everybody was. Yeah, I'm sure the pod account didn't retweet it, but you know, whatever. That's cool. Wow. Um, So I put, what do we... Keyshawn slacking. Wow. As if, you know, I don't have access to it. But anyways, uh, I said, so what do we expect from Aubameyang the rest of the season? Option one is bench and sporadic minutes. Option two is not in the match day squad at all. Uh, Option three was train with the U21s. And option four was lots of Premier League minutes. Screw it. He's going to play every single game. Um, Almost 59% said bench with sporadic minutes. Followed up with almost 30% said not in the match day squad. Obviously, it's the first game, but I don't know how much we're going to see of Aubameyang. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere positive. Orlando City, by chance? What do you think, Pierre? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's the right move. But yeah, it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere positive. And uh, I think we're going to look back at a summer of of maybe misses in the transfer market. And that could be the biggest miss because, I mean, it's, it's obvious that he has not been very good or useful so far and came here to play for his former boss. His former boss was fired a week later and you know, that's just the way things go. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't expect much out of him. Uh, and, and maybe this is just a kind of quiet ride into the sunset. All right. Some of the top line stats from the Premier League website, 66% possession. We had 12 shots, three on target to Fulham's 10 shots. They had four on target. Um, Let's see. We had 24 tackles to their 19. We had 14 clearances to their 26 corners to their two. Sorry, Connor. It ain't it. Need to switch that up. Uh, Offsides, we had three to their zero, one caution to their four, and we conceded 16 fouls to their 12. And the random stat from Opto was 64. Graham Potter's made 64 changes to Chelsea's starting 11 and his 15 Premier League games in charge so far. The second most in a manager's first 15 games in charge of a club in Premier League history behind only his predecessor, Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea, 66 Tinker man, not Tinker men, right? We, we, we locked in the plural of that, but Tinker man in this case, trademark uh, that is a lot of injuries. Is the, is the Tuchel thing surprising to you? Like, I, I guess I wouldn't have seen Tuchel. I thought that would have been like a Lampard, I think the ch- I don't so. Like know. the six months he didn't right. The six months it was like copy paste. But then definitely it it you know for different reasons. Obviously some injuries and things like that. Remember when like we were the only squad with well, all the. This though is a stat on the first fifteen games in charge. Oh of yeah, the club in Premier League history. So th- this was would actually I think be more expected initially because you're still learning. You're still trying to figure out. Add on top of the fact that Potter also had injury situations and now has new players coming in. I think it probably does make sense with the way that this season has gone. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But so I guess I would change my answer to say, no, Nick, I am really surprised by that. Uh, But you are back with the MPET shithouse moment of the match. An easy one. Uh, On on Reese James' return, he decides to uh, pull one out of the the old bag of tricks and uh, easily just slam the ball out of uh, (laughs) Anthony Robinson's hands. All Anthony Robinson did was just kind of laugh about it. So it was all kind of good fun. Uh, But it was just, you know, just a dumb shithouse thing. And it was great. And I I will say, you know, I know we'll touch on Reese uh, at at some point later in this episode. 
the uh, the TIFOs today were just extraordinary stuff. Like it really well done uh, with the banners. I know we have sh we have the Shatter involved. Uh, I'm not sure who's in charge of the other one, but uh, both were absolutely fantastic. A little built different, a little champions of Europe, a little he's one of our own. Just fantastic. It, I mean. He posted them on social. Obviously, he really appreciated them, and understandably so. Uh, so it was good that he kind of got his moment uh, for that. Uh, anyways, we're going to take a real quick break. When we get back, jumping right into Enzo's Blue debut. I mean, why not, right? So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right, so coming out of the break, Enzo's Blue debut, our kingdom for a midfielder. It was good to see him. I didn't think he'd slot right in. I put that in the WhatsApp. Ollie told me to behave myself and that we need him. <laughs> um, once again, Ollie was right. And uh, it didn't matter if he was unfamiliar with his teammates. It didn't, un what didn't matter if he's unfamiliar with the league or passing patterns or anything. He wanted to go in there, and he did such a good job right away. Statman Dave uh, summing it all up, saying 100% aerial duels won. 96 touches, 85% pass accuracy, 10 ball recoveries, 8 of 11 ground duels won, 6 of 8 tackles won, 6 of 7 long balls completed, 3 clearances in a key pass, controlled the tempo well in midfield. Um, I mean, that's the stat test, right? Nick, immediately onto the eye test, I think everyone left going, yeah, I think he's going to do well here. Uh, again, no preparation. He was in a different country, what, 48 hours ago. All the media he's done, he's probably barely been on the pitch, and that's what he goes and rocks up in his debut? He, he almost scored the game winner. And and, <laughs> and and not even playing in a in his real position. He was playing as like a lone six today with, with Mason and Connor kind of running his eights. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's outstanding. I mean, there's no other way to kind of come out of this then but say like yeah you you pair him with someone else who's a little bit more defensively minded and allow him to do a little bit more running and do what we've seen in the various highlight reels that people have put out over the last few weeks what you know what he can do carrying the ball what he can do in the final third and that's a that's a real player um i i just left uh i left very frustrated that we couldn't get him further up the pitch today dan and I think in in the spaces in which he was asked to defend, he he, you know, did decent enough to to make up for it. Uh, but that's not really why we bought him. Well, he did have a nice welcome to Premier League football when Mitrovic and him <laughs> ended up getting in a little bit of a tussle, oh almost like it was a Greco-Roman wrestling match for a second, and not a football match being played in the Premier League. I don't know. I thought it was a great introduction. It was so close to being an absolute dream start for him. Mm -hmm. I think our good friend Ollie mentioned that most of the people in Stamford Bridge thought the shot might have actually gone in when he you know, just pulled that out of his locker, tried from distance. Unfortunately, not to be in this scenario, but he showed very comfortable possession willingness to play the ball forward willingness to drop back into defense as you mentioned playing in that six so being alongside like Batty Ashiel and Silva and so actually very similar to at times how we used Jorginho in prior regimes but he did ultimately a little bit later in the game when we were trying to chase something was pushing forward particularly when we were get uh, when we made the switch to like Madueke and Sterling who were getting a little further forward 
then you know even Chilwell at the end when he came in, you you were getting to see a little bit more of that progressive skill set, Brandon. But ultimately, a strong debut, maybe underpinned by not necessarily everybody being on the same page yet, because there was just some connective tissue that was missing. Yeah, and understandably so, uh, because there's new faces. But what I would say, I mean, if you go back to the starting lineup. I got to do a little bit of scrolling here. Obviously, Enzo just got here. Mudrick's been here for a little bit. Body Shield's been here for a while. Like, there's only one new face to that team. I mean, Matawake came in later, and he probably doesn't have a lot of minutes at the team. And, you know, even uh, Didi Fofana, um, you know, he's been at the club a while, too. So, uh, there's, you know, a little bit. We had two weeks for this, you know, it, it, I would have liked to have seen Chelsea shot out of the cannon on this one. And I think that, um, you know, we, we definitely were good in the aggressive situation. I mean, having Reese James reminds us just how much he adds to the team in a positive Enzo was good, but I think, you know, there's just still some some issues within the team that you think could have been prevented after all of this. And I know we're probably not. I don't know. Do you guys want to go on to, to point to am I transitioning nicely into that? Are we uh, I'm going to I'm going to finish on Enzo before we get there, because I, I think the the future state with him is that he's either running as an eight. Right. Or he's or he's paired with someone as a six who has license to do kind of what Kovacic has done a lot for us. Right. Which is. You know, a little bit of roaming, a little bit of advancing the ball up the field, has to get back and do his defensive duties, all that sort of stuff. But I think in this moment today, thinking about the way that Fulham played, which was an incredibly intense press. I mean, and they played it for, for all 90 minutes. I mean, I, I think you got to give credit to Fulham for the way they just kind of pressed us into making poor decisions all day. Enzo didn't get pressed. Enzo completed... 85% of his passes. And I think one of them, like he sprayed out to Kukurea a little bit too far. And like they, they flash back and Kukurea was like giving him a thumbs up. And he was like really frustrated with himself for missing that one pass. Like the, the cat is class. He just needs help. Like he's not going to be able to do this by himself in, in the Premier League. And I think from a physicality perspective, you know, Dan, I was listening to, to you and Sam break him down and like, the lunging was something that Sam called out as like he has to he has to be smarter about the way that he positions himself defensively and like not going in for tackles uh, with you know extreme abandon that kind of stuff. I, I thought he did pretty well today on that front. He didn't overcommit. He didn't commit any crazy fouls. Uh, he seemed up for the physical challenge, which was really nice to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see when you can put him together in a pivot with Sicaria and Santos, or, or, or maybe like that would be a fun one to kind of have, and then you play him further forward in that midfield three. I think that would be super interesting, or maybe even just as a as a two where you know Santos uh, where. Um, Fernandez is playing super far forward and Zakaria is really the one playing deeper and disrupting play. I just think you're going to get more of what he can do to set up the attackers, which was limited a little bit, but also I think credit to Fulham because they've been drilling this way. They didn't make a lot of signings. They're not betting in a lot of new team members. They're just continuing on from where they've come from. And that has been to be a really stable side that has made it difficult for other teams. And they did that effectively today. So, I mean, 
hats off to them for making it a really unfortunate game for us. Enzo good. Now on to the bad. <laughs> well, and, and before that, I was just trying to switch over here real quick to see if I could find um, Enzo's uh, pass map, essentially, because uh, you guys know how much I love a good pass map, especially when it uh, includes progressive passes, but I don't know if I'm going to uh, get to see it, unfortunately. So too many... Yeah, there we go. Ford passes. I mean, he just had a ton. He had, he had an absolute ton of Ford passes. He was all over the the middle of the, the pitch, like the middle 40 yards. He was just just everywhere and roaming. So to to from my perspective, what I like to see is he did he I think we saw more risky passes today, especially like getting into the advanced area. Um, you know, he was quick to start the counterattack. And I think those were the times where Chelsea were most dangerous. Obviously, you're catching the team in transition. Yeah. Um, we just didn't have it a lot in the past, which is why, you know, my Twitter bias still likes vertical passes from midfield because it's, it was a very obvious missing part. He has the ability and the um, confidence to bet on himself to hit those passes. And it uh, really opened up some really good chances today. I think we missed two big chances uh, on the day. And, um, you know, it came from that that quick transition, which was a lot of times coming from him, which is good. So um, that was a, a breath of fresh air for me, for sure. Uh, all right, if we look at the, the next topic, Friday Night Football doesn't delight. Some good, some bad, some happy, some sad. Um, the, the obvious thing is like, oh, another clean sheet, right? That's good. We love to see it. That's, uh, three clean sheets in a row dating all the way back to the 15th of January. Uh, the 12th of January, we played Fulham and we lost two one and it was Joao Felix's debut red card. So, uh, we've come a long way since we last played Fulham, uh, two one, we, uh, beat Crystal Palace one, nothing drew Liverpool away, nil, nil, and now Fulham nil, nil. So defense fine, right? I think we're all happy with Kepa. We're all happy with Batashile and Silva, Erratic Kukurea, Reese James back. I'm good. Like, no problem. It's going forward. Um, you know, the attack today, It. I think you're just that striker short. That wasn't the perfect solution in the window, but you essentially had Kai, Mudrik, Ziyech, and Mount uh, in attack with Gallagher marauding around uh, a little bit behind them. You know, we got 12 shots, two big chances, but of our shots, Nick, which, you know, it's important that we know what kind of shots we got. Uh, we had seven that were completely off target. Uh, we had only three that were on target and two of them were blocked. And then obviously Havertz hit the, the woodwork. We had eight shots inside the box and four outside. So... No, no goals. Also, <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, you think you think about the the real chances that we had today, right? So I'm gonna. There are four real chances that I'm gonna pull out. Uh, Mason to Havertz. Havertz should have done a lot better there, even if the ball was a little bit elevated. Like he's a point th point three well, four xg. Reams, Tim Ream got a little bit on that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But still, I mean, I I think that's a a goal waiting to happen. That's one. The second one is Havertz all alone, all the time in the world, one-on-one -on -one with keeper, and decides to go for a chip that makes no fucking sense. Uh, the third one is uh, Datra Fafana, one-on-one uh, -on -one with the goal, and doesn't score. 
And then the fourth one is Raheem at the end trying to do a little nice little lofted chip to the corner in which the goalkeeper catches. Those are the four chances that if any one of them go in, the narrative's different. But this has been our narrative this year. We have 21 goals in 21 Premier League matches. That is not good enough. And I think the the broader thing that I am really worried about mostly is, yeah, I mean, we, we missed those chances today. We've missed chances all year. We'll talk about CFC Central stat here in a second uh, that, he, that he continues to have as a running uh, thing on his on his Twitter. But I don't understand offensively where the passing lanes are. I don't understand what they're asking any of these players to do. I mean, Mason Mount struggled today. Uh, ZS struggled today. Uh, Mudrick got the ball four times in the first half. Uh, Kai Havertz was bad, bad really bad. Uh, Fafana was okay. Uh, kind of looked like he was, you know, at least trying some new stuff. And Matuweke was just pure vibes with no positional awareness whatsoever. I, like, and he was good. I liked Matuweke's offensive performance, but it left huge gaps in behind. Like, William basically had a free run at goal because no one was tracking back because Matuweke got the ball while Espilicueta was far upfield and didn't control it, like didn't understand where, where the play was. It's it's kind of to the point to me that like if if this formation isn't working or if the back three is like, you have to figure out how to play football and score goals. And yeah, I think Enzo Fernandez will help. Yes, I think Mudrick will help. Yes, I think Matawake will help. Getting a, a healthy Raheem Sterling back, great. Our play is so slow in the final third. It is so plotting. And then when we do get chances, we don't score them. I, I, I'm Dan, I'm, I'm lost for words at what I'm seeing here because we had two shots on goal against Liverpool. We had two the, the week before. I, it's, it's just not good enough. The thing I was looking at in Rob, who uh, I think it's with RPJ or RP Journalism or whatever on Twitter made the point that like, if you just were to use the XG, which I know is not necessarily everybody's favorite stat, but the match versus Palace, which we won, the match against Fulham where we lost, the match against Liverpool, and now this match is four matches in a row where based upon the shot and the XG being the likelihood a similar shot out of 100 times goes into the back of the net, Chelsea should have, if we just cut it that way, should have won based upon XG the last four matches. And so I would say the underlying that the the data and the shot the shots being taken would tell you that like we are finding ways to get into positions to take these shots and put them into a position where they could be converted. It is now down to individual player performance that is lacking the the rough you know it, it's still rough on the edges and so like I, I i think in general like i actually i felt good about some of the way that this team was set up today in terms of getting us into a position where we we could control the pitch where we could reduce down the amount of space that our team was having to get around i know we were recycling that point you know in terms of having to move the ball a little bit more side to side than forward though there were some forward passes that were very exciting it just was a, you know, like the Enzo 2 Mason, then 2 Kai was a really nice interchange there. So, like, they, we do have a, an ability to do that, Brandon. But 
it's just not coalescing at the end of it. And I mean, I don't know. It gets, I guess it gets you super excited for Nkunku coming in the summer where you're going to have someone who knows how to score a goal more regularly. Because I just don't, I don't know if Havertz now is on five of those big chances that he's missed, if there's a trust that he's going to be able to be the person to be be the leader of the line. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Drow Felix gets popped in and then Havertz rests the next match. So I would say we did a good job of breaking lines today. Uh, there was many times we were running at their back line where their midfield is nowhere to be found. It's consistently a decisive pass. Um, shit, Tiago Silva hit that beautiful. <sighs> what a chip that was. Fuck. Just a, you hit that so nice where he just, it's this lightly driven ball backspin. So it's on a pure trajectory. Um, Kai is just not clinical. He's, I, he's definitely in his head. Like you can tell that he took a lot of shots today, which is good. That's half the battle, but like nothing with teeth. I mean, in the ball that he ended up kind of like one touch lofting into the that hit the goal even that like he should have brought that down and done something with it but he just didn't know what to do so he kept letting it bounce until he had to jump in 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 uh, in attack it himself so you know uh, he clearly isn't in a good spot um you know we we talked a little bit about the left side being really erratic mason and kukrea and mudrick that did not work today and mudrick was pulled off at at that expense you know he only had 19 touches you know do you really blame him um shit if you see mudrick take two steps put it into space like I saw him, he, he is so fast. Like, um, he doesn't really track back a lot. I still think he's trying to figure out his role in the team, but offensively, it doesn't matter. Like put, put Sonic the Hedgehog into space and let him run. He will fly. And we, again, we didn't play to that. And so, um, like I said, I think we did a good job of kind of like jailbreaking on them. But once we got anywhere close to the box, you know, it really did all fall apart. And, um, the, there's no killer instincts. Uh, I was really happy with Fafana's ability to dribble Leno uh, and then, you know, kind of keep his po- poise and composure. Unfortunately, he hit it right where Tim Ream was. Um, but he cre- Tim had a great game. But yeah. Tim had a really great game. But he created that chance, right? And then I think on the flip side, if you guys look at Mitrovic, God, he's so annoying to play against. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that. He bullied our back line. Even from the beginning of the game, he was like, taking three extra steps just to run in to to batty shield just to make sure he knew he was there and he wasn't going to give him anything we just don't have that you know there's no presence whatsoever so the only thing we're going to get is either a Havertz is going to get the rest of the season right him and potter say all right you know what it's on you show us if you're going to be here after this season if not they're going to go small and interchanging right joao felix mudrick mason um, you know, whoever, and you just put really, really fast players in, and you try to interchange, but there's no, there, there's nobody on this team that is going to lead the line with any sort of presence this season. So they need to get creative real quick. I mean, the, the two, the two opportunities or actually all four of those opportunities that I mentioned came when we attacked them with pace and directness around their box, right? Mason, Gets the ball, runs ahead, clips the one with his left foot. Again, I think that should be a goal. Uh, the the ball over the top to Kai, direct, straight at him. Like, 
onside by a mile. Um, that's another one. Like the 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 uh, Datra Fafana one, same thing, right? Direct, right at him. Now their goalkeeper makes a huge blunder there, and we should have scored, right? But like, why are we why are we scared of conflict in the final third? It, it bothers me, man. I had this. I guess the phrase that I felt like I wanted to attribute to some of the attacking performances was casual. And I feel bad saying that as someone who clearly will never be a professional footballer, but just observing the interactions and the interchange with some of the attempted back heels or cute quick passes in very tight space and tight quarters that Ziesh to... Connor or Ziesh Therese or Ziesh trying to play it into Havertz yeah. just really didn't come off as intended and was very easily disrupted by a Fulham side that was set up to make that difficult for us and to not allow for a lot of space. And so that to me felt like we were trying something we knew wasn't going to work. And we knew that there were things that were going to work, like an over the top ball running into space that. I mean, previously we had Timo Werner on this side, right? You play a forward, you let him run. He creates all this space on the left or the right. And you now have people like Enzo Fernandez, you Betty Ashiel even, who is kind of cross-passing to Reese. That was very exciting. Mm-hmm. That there, there's something to build on there. We're just not, I think to the point you made, Nick, when, once it gets the final third, it's not fast enough to catch anybody out. It really slows up. Like you've approached, like you're pulling back on the horse saying, whoa, whoa, okay, we're done. Let's pause now and then reassess and regroup. Well, I mean, I'll take your horse analogy one further. I mean, we've all seen that, that paint, the the drawing of the horse that goes from like super professional all the way to like kindergarten level in the same, in the same body. I mean, that's, that's us moving the ball up the field, like super confident, competent passing. Great. Got through the midfield. Great. Got it out to the wings. And then. The minute the 18-yard box comes up, Brandon, it is just like that they freeze. They're they're mentally blocked from making the right pass or making the right choice. And it's 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 worrisome because you I think you mentioned this earlier. Like this, you had two weeks of prep for this. You had two weeks to run drills. Of course you didn't have every single player in training during that time, but like, okay, whatever. The players who like Havertz who have been there all season, like he should have been sharp and ready today, you know, and, and that's, that to me is just like, look, man, Felix comes back next match. Like, I, I don't think you can play both of them together. No. And I don't think you need to either, you know? Um, so <sighs> trying to see, I mean, we've covered just so much, um, in, in this one, I think, I think Havertz had like a 0.5 something XG alone, you know, and like that should be enough at this level within this team to to find something. Ziyech, uh put the ball in the box, got it to people like he was supposed to do, and it just it didn't come off, which I think was you know just again really really frustrating. Uh, Thirteen for out me. of fourteen big chances missed out of our Kai, last four. Kai was 0.7 between his two main chances alone. Aye, aye, aye. Yes, and I'm I'm on the McLock bot here, uh, ring, ringing in things, looking at some different stats. Uh, you will be, it, and again, the Batty Shield stats. Wait till they start to accumulate. Uh, he had like the third highest 
progressive pass distance. And I think he led the team in progressive carry distance. The guy gets it and is like, we go, we're going. And he's not afraid to play a ball. I was just kind of looking at this and it's so exciting to see. And on Batty Shield is talking about the defensive side. When William got that ball and was the ball that I mentioned earlier that, that Mataweke did not, he, he doesn't know yet, right? He doesn't know the system yet. He's only been here a week. But like when Espilicueta was up and Mataweke was up and he lost the ball, Batty Ashiel came across Silva to go track down William, caught him and put him off enough where the final ball didn't get in uh, to Mitrovic. I mean, Batty Ashiel was absolutely everywhere today. Now, he did make some errors as well. Like, he didn't have a perfect game, but he was fucking everywhere. And it was a really interesting thing, Dan. I don't know if you noticed, but they swapped positions, him and Silva, a couple times intentionally. And and I wonder if that was just simply to get the passing going on either side, just like kind of strength to strength. It was really odd. Well, you saw that later in the attack as well when Medueke and Sterling kept on swapping once or twice and trying to create different areas of space. I mean, obviously we saw Reese James is probably not 100%. You know, we also saw that Mikhail Mudrik was pulled off early. He had a cold during the week, and they thought they were going to get 60 minutes, but they kept it at the 45 Ben Chilwell gets on, gets an opportunity. That's going to be a really interesting thing to watch over the next couple of weeks with Kukurea maybe struggling a little bit more in this match than he has in a few of the prior performances. I, I think there's just a lot that is open for debate right now. I think this is the first time with players coming back healthy, with the new players that have been signed, that you can start to really question the decision of Graham Potter for squad selection, who gets an opportunity to play when the subs are happening. We are not far away from being able to have more, you know, structured conversation about what's translating onto the pitch because a lot of it has been band-aid, right? And there's a lot of blank checks that have been written to say we are trying to fix a problem and solve a problem. And I think we've gotten to the point where you have a lot of the personnel who can now make this happen. There's still one midfielder missing and, and an attacker coming later in the summer, but you're at least in a better position than you have been, Nick. And that's maybe where, I don't know, I think there is a little patience required, even though this, this match did end in a unfavorable way where we could have had all three points, but we ended up with one. For sure. We did just get an updated big chance miss graph from Ollie as if he's like listening into us record this. Uh, Kai Havertz missed. He's, he's in a he's in a spy balloon. <laughs> he's yeah, he's hanging out over Kansas City. You guys saw that. Um, Kai Havertz has missed nine big chances this year. His shot conversion rate is eight point five percent. It's it's not very good. Raheem Sterling's missed five. I think is in the fifteen percentile. Armando Barea missed three with fourteen percent. Uh, Bamiang two, Lewis Hall two, Mudrik two, Pulisic one. That. I mean, that's a lot of goals right there. Well, the, the thing, though, with that is you do you will see big chances missed if you are a side that is also creating a lot of opportunities. Sure, definitely. So like, th- th- this is not necessarily like a one-for-one a, a one indicator. However, to see the shot conversion at 8.5, like Raheem Sterling missing five and having a conversion at over 15% or Broya having a conversion at 14% with three missed big chances— those are things that are better to see 
than the one of Kai Havertz, which is 8.5 converted off of nine. And so like, that's the other thing is just to layer in beneath it is like this Brandon is showing that at least we were putting people into the position. Now they have to go finish it. Uh, yeah. I think that's my, my, that was kind of my general gist, right? It's like, we can hit people on the break. We can create, um, attacking moves. We just absolutely hopeless when it comes to the assist and the finish. I think both of those are really poor with this group. They're lacking confidence as well, but like, there's no time, uh, to, to, you know, kind of figure it out. I saw a lot of that. Hey, you got to have patience and stuff, of course, but like results still matter. You know, the, the league is still continuing, even though we signed a bunch of players and Potter has to bed people in, like there still has to be some end product and, and urgency at, at, as well. So, uh, we can't just kind of trickle it to the end of the season um all right we're gonna take our last ad break when we get back again uh some changes ideas uh creative problem solving potentially so thank you to sponsors we'll be right back okay well um i just got done retweeting all the mclockbot stuff so that's good check it out if you want uh enzo is a pass machine uh again there's just a lot of data that is coming out still that i think will help us paint the picture but um you know we, we've got a week off, right? We've got some time to to bed some people in. Sounds like we need to get some people healthy, get it sorted out before we take on West Ham. So the nice thing with this little, you know, two-week run is that um, we're essentially their home games, right? You're, you're, you're at West Ham on the other side of town. Uh, it doesn't really disrupt the lifestyle. Not a big trek uh, with travel involved or anything like that. But um, they're not in a good spot. So again, you could say, Nick, that Fulham were in a much better spot than us, quite literally uh, in the table. We could have jumped them if we won, which would have been nice, but uh, we didn't. Uh, West Ham very much uh, in a fight for survival. Uh, they are in 16th place on 18 points, only one away from relegation. So uh, every every match is important to them. You're starting to get to that like do you really want to take on a dog that's backed into a corner? You know, it's going to come out swinging. We got a week. I guess, what are we hoping to see on the Chelsea unseen video uh, heading into West Ham next week? Well, I hope they stop putting out content this week. Like, just focus on the work. I don't give a shit about the content right now. Um, I, I really want to see a starting 11 play cohesively together. Um, I understand a week's not a tremendous amount of time, but um, that that's definitely what I want to see. And, you know, ideally, um, I'd like to see this team do nothing but finishing drills this week. Um, that's I, I want I want these players to see the ball going into the back of the net as much as humanly possible this week, because, I mean, we can play as good defensively as anyone in the league when we want to. You know, we haven't always this year. Let me be very plain about that. But the last three games, I mean, been very, very, very solid. But if we don't score goals, I mean, we're going nowhere this year. So that that has to be the priority now. And, and this has to be a little scary for Potter, right? I mean, he has a lot of selections to make. He has a lot of decisions to make. And... It kind of seems like he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, but he's going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to figure out passages of play that free up the right resources to do the right things, and that right thing, Dan, is putting the ball in the back of the net. So 
I think there's pressure on him, and I think there's pressure on the guys up front to deliver when, when the ball goes in. The key thing to me is that West Ham is likely, and I made the case in our newsletter, that the most likely way that Chelsea get qualified for the Champions League again next season, stupidly enough, is to go win it this season because getting top four is becoming increasingly difficult when you continue to drop points. And I know that you don't love the idea of the why not us train, but if you're saying we're going to bet the season on having to only win seven games or a draw and win a mix of seven games, uh, that would seem potentially easier to pull off. So I would imagine this West Ham game is still about going to be about getting some fitness for some players who are coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw... 60 minutes for Ben Chilwell if he was good to come on today for the very end or maybe he gets a bigger appearance for a likely transition into him starting I would imagine Reese James gets more fitness as well Betty Achille is probably playing or Betty Achille is playing every Premier League minute for the remainder of the season given that he is not a part of Chelsea's Champions League side he was the one unfortunately out of the four who lost out due to the registration so Mikhail Mudrik Joao Felix and Enzo Fernandez get selected. It kind of just makes sense given the who they are, where they play in the pitch, and they can provide that game-winning element to it. And then it's really about how quickly can we get one or two of these midfielders healthy enough to be a partner or partners to Enzo Fernandez in the coming future. Like, I don't think it, the solution is Mason Mount or Connor Gallagher at this moment. It's getting Zakaria, Kovacic, Conte eventually healthy enough to play with him so that you can take advantage of this really bright attacking core that it, you know, Raheem Sterling is coming back. That was great to see today. Like he was the primary driver of goals in the early part of the season. So good to have him back, Brandon. Like there's, there's positive signs. There, there are things that are pointing in a positive direction, even if today did not feel like it was the best end outcome. Well, for sure. Um, what I like West Ham aren't a bad spot. They're not even scoring one goal per game. They're conceding 1.3. They only have four clean sheets. Like this is a good team to play. If you want to try to boost your confidence. Now we could have said that about a lot of other teams that we've, you know, played and, and tried to break down, but this, this one is statistically on paper, like a really good chance to break the scoring duck. Um, we've got Southampton coming up as well, which are bottom of the table, right? Like you don't get a lot of chances to play these teams. You absolutely have to win these types of games. I think, I don't know. Um, I was trying to like break down what Potter was thinking today with the lineup, right? Like I, I was a little bit cheeky. I said, is Ziyech getting apology minutes? Like, sorry, we kind of screwed you. So like, Hey, we're going to let you play because we, we want to try to help you get through this. They made this a man management tactic. Mudrik played Enzo right away. You know, Raheem came on at the end, didn't really seal it. So like, you think Potter's just going to go all in on kind of like the young team? Is he gonna, you know, continue to, to make changes? Uh, you know, I, is people start to come back from fitness, you know, chill will play 10 minutes. Can he do a half next time? You know, I think it's, we're still probably three weeks out, AKA champions league, second leg of like knowing what our full strength, healthy team is. And so uh, I, I think it's a little bit interesting with some of the, the new players. Is he just going to throw them in right away? Like I said, we saw Matt away today. 
Fofana came in. Like, he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes. Seems like he just kind of threw the old playbook out and was like, nah, we're a new team. So with the Fafana one, one of the quotes that Potter had afterwards when asked about Aubameyang not being in the squad, specifically about Fafana in that answer, he said, we want to give David some game time today, see where he's at and give him an opportunity. I think you saw that one flash he's got. Pierre is just unfortunate, and he will be fighting for his his place for the rest of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see David Dr. Fafana over the next couple of matches to see if he can offer something or he can be potentially a replacement option or an off-the-bench option for our, our strikers. Which, again, up-and-coming young player from the Norwegian League now you know, getting minutes in the Premier League, a big jump. I, I really wanted that one for him today. God, it would have been sweet. Been huge. So, I, I mean, you know, we'll, from your standpoint, you know, we I guess we go back to back four. Do you play back three? I mean, uh, you know... What do you think, Nick? Obviously, they had the stat at the beginning. He's made a shit ton of changes to his lineup. You know, he's getting closer to a fully healthy squad. Uh, there's a lot of new faces. You know, you really only have to juggle Champions League because those rosters are locked Premier League. Uh, there's a lot more flexibility. Yeah, I mean, so I've been juggling this in my head, right? Because I, I watched this play today and I wanted us to do a lot more with what we had. Like, I don't feel like Reese was in the great in the game at all today. Um, not, not to his standards, uh, especially going forward because he had responsibilities back. I think to get the best out of Reese, you got to play with wingbacks. Um, the, I think the, the problem with that scenario is I don't know if Trev or Koulibaly is the right solution in a back three right now, or if either is like healthy or ready to play. Um, Wesley certainly isn't ready to play yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn on like formationally, what do you do? Because I, I actually feel like we were open at the end when we were trying to go for it a little bit to the point where a third center back and playing wingbacks might've been the, the best case. I mean, we just, we just really didn't get a whole lot out of the eights today. Um, either one. And, you know, you, you make the argument to me, Dan, that like, okay, Nick, but what if we, you know, what if we get uh, any partner for Enzo back there and, and we can, you know, string some passes together and maybe you put Kai at the 10 and Felix up top or, or vice versa and then you have better connection with a, a four two three one. I just, it, it, do, it didn't work for me today, um, even though we did create the chances that I thought you know, we should have scored. So I, I'm kind of, I'm debating like what, what the right scenario is to get the best out of the players that we have and that we think will start basically. I think it's a back three. If you remember what this side is capable of when you have the fullbacks who can push forward, I mean, you take advantage of the speed of Mudrick on one side, most likely Felix in the center. If you get Sakaria fit and he can play behind and allow Enzo to push forward with that attacking two, three, whatever it looks like. If you can overload on the left hand or right hand side with Reese James or Ben Chilwell, there's a lot that can be done there. I mean, we haven't talked about Fafana coming back healthy. I mean, that gives you an extra defender in the back. I know that there's the concern about potentially having to rely on Koulibaly when it comes to the Champions League matches. You're, you're going to have to do some type of rotation in the back because, again, we know that Thiago Silva, who 
looks likely to sign an extension, whether that's one year or two years, keep him here forever. He's absolutely amazing. He's watching the women's training to absorb more there as well. So, like, he's just the perfect footballer. I think there there is a path forward. I think we are just too... Like, we need one or two more data points in terms of matches to understand, like, where is Graham going with this side? BB, you going back three or back four? I mean... Can I have Lewis Hall? That's all I want. <laughs> like, is like annoying as that is. Um, you know, I think I think you can go back three. You know, I'm fine um, with Batty, Silva, uh, and Trevo. You know, I've got a lot of faith in that group. You know, I think it helps us control the the game a little bit higher up the pitch when we have the wing backs. We can just press higher. Um, you know, you got Silva with two young guns on either side of him. Um, that they, they can both pro, uh, progress the ball and pass the ball. Uh, so that's what I think I would I would like to do because I mean I want to be on the front foot from the absolute beginning with uh, against West Ham again. Though it's Potter trying to prepare for long term, you know, with the back four. But I think right now he doesn't have that luxury. Like you got to go game to game, and um, I would go back three. Yeah, you can fix that shit in the offseason. You yeah. gotta win matches now. Um, you know, I, I, I would I would do the same. I mean, I think when Reese James gets high up the field, when Ben Chilwell gets high up the field, good shit happens for us. And I think that Enzo, as we saw today, can pass from a deeper range with, with really great accuracy. I think the key if you end up going with the back three is that Felix almost plays as like a false nine in, in that scenario, kind of like Kai has in the past where he is available to grab the ball in, in, you know, with a progressive pass through the midfield and is maybe able to distribute it out and then make the run. That's a lot of work for that position, right? It's a, being a false nine is a hard job, but I think that's the way it can work. So you have, you have an outlet through the center because I think there were times under Tuchel where we just did the roundabout the entire time and it just never went anywhere. There was no progressive pass through. So you're going to have to be really smart about that or do really smart overlaps so that Mudrik or, or whoever plays right wing, Sterling, Madueke, Ziyech gets to cut in, right? Um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I did see a lineup prediction just now. People were like putting Kova in. I'm like, he's not ready. He still has his calf injury. So you're limited options in midfield too. Um, Zakaria, he's day-to-day essentially. Kova's out long time. Conte's back in training, but you know you don't expect him to come in anytime soon. Like you, you might as well just make your life a little bit easier versus trying to play. And you know, does Connor need a rest? You know, like he runs himself into the ground. I think he had a frustrating day out. Corners were not good. Um, I think you got to let Mason play through it, but only for maybe a couple more games. You know, something's got just has to change for him besides his haircut, which was a nice little mullet today, which I appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I, who do you, who do you pair though? I mean, is it is it Ruben? Is it like what's who's the other midfielder? Because I, I really don't know right now who that is. I, you know, I think look, I, 
Yeah, I mean, if Ruben's healthy, for sure, I think he goes right in there, right, to play like, I hate to say it this way, the Zakaria role, you know, big man, sit back, protect, hover. I wonder what Mount and Enzo potentially do is is midfield. You know, Mount plays in a midfield, too, with England at times. Um, but you're right, you know, the midfield kind of picks itself right now with Gallagher being available. Yeah, I think that's what happened today. And and I, I worry that, like, if Enzo is really the only central midfielder that we have and he's left-footed you know i I don't know yes that's frustrating part all right well dan didn't do the dan of the match even though we drew yeah dan bad issue there's a lot of negativity on social media so i decided to uh, go back to work for the hours in between recording this and the end of the match. And that was a better choice for me. Congrats to Batty Ashiel. You have done it again. You you Sly Fox. Maybe Lee Parker. It, it's him or him or Silva. Yeah. I mean, Lee Parker always gets a man in the match from us. So, yeah, that, that absolutely 100% of the time. Keppa. 1,000% of the clean time. Clean sheets, made some saves. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, so none of the other matches have been played. So the table, who knows what it'll be like by the time this comes out. Um, so there's really nothing to, I would say, you know, kind of run down for everybody here. Um, you know, as we look at the matches that are happening, you know, this weekend, Tottenham Man City is the big one, obviously. Uh, other than that, there's not really a lot going on this weekend. It's a lot of like, you know, n- number one seeds versus 14 seeds essentially throughout the weekend. So I think like if you were going to like have a betting weekend, this is a pretty safe weekend that you could place a few bets and probably win if you're just doing uh money line. Um, but you, Dan, decided to throw in a ridiculous table. Uh, a lot of colors, a lot of shading here. It says predicted final league position. So this would be probabilities of where they think teams are going to land via Opta. And um, Chelsea, they think, is most likely with a 30% probability of uh, landing in eighth. We could go all the way, though, from third all the way down to 12th. Well, when you start to add up where those are at, it's effectively a 65% probability. It's somewhere between fifth and seventh position. So not too not too far away from where Chelsea are right now. The likelihood of going into a relegation spot is very unlikely, considering on the opposite end, Southampton, Everton, and Bournemouth all have over 60, 70 plus percent probability that they are not avoiding the drop. So yeah, this goes back to this. Just is is the kind of the generation of my thesis that really the Premier League this season, unless you want to be in Europa League next season, unless you want to be in Conference League next season, are you putting your eggs in this basket? Or are you putting your eggs in the Champions League basket? And that's why I think that the prior like look, you can get knocked out against Dortmund. I don't think that is the reality. I think that the Champions League wise is wide open, and you've still got a game now to figure it out and. Even if you give up a goal, there's no way goal rule anymore uh, in this kind of first leg here. So it's all even Stevens in that regard. And then you would just need to score two. So, I mean, like, again, we're, we're scoring at the rate that we need, you know, potentially should count on trying to come back from a one, one nil down type of opportunity, Nick. But I, I just, this is why I am not as concerned about the Premier League performances because, like, we're not going to get most likely top four like it's just the math the math behind it is is not in a good condition uh yeah i mean you gotta score goals and win games i don't know 
It's it's not this is not that hard of a sport, right? Like the more you win, the better chances you 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 have. Uh, Chelsea have not won enough, and that's why we sit ninth with Liverpool having two games in hand behind us in tenth and being one point behind. I mean, it's 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 not pretty reading right now. And I think the the last thing I'd say is like, you know, obviously there are a lot of differing opinions on Graham Potter and his his process right now. I, I think, you know, again, I, I we've been preaching patience all year. The goals have to come though. I mean the performances have to improve. They have to get better because when he first started the performances were much better. Then we had all the injuries, then we had the World Cup and the performances just haven't really picked back up with the talent reemerging. So you know, I'm hopeful in him, and I, I know that he has a plan, and that staff has a plan, that you know, directors have a plan. We got to see some progress here through the end of the year. Yeah, and, and you know, like the the structure above him, right, just got put in place. Look, if you haven't listened to the Tinkerman, you need to go. They did a phenomenal job talking about the rebuild and the transition, and I think what they said was. You know, Brighton are successful not because of Potter. They were successful because of the machine around Potter, from the owner to the technical director, the scouting network, and then the manager. And we've seen that because Deserby's gone into that system and ready to go. And this is what they're trying to build at Chelsea, right? We just didn't do it in, like, the typical order. If you got to start from scratch, we've had to, and I hate this term, build the plane while we're flying it. But that mm-hmm. is literally what we're doing. So... We have a, a we don't have a medical department. Uh, the structure just got put in place. There's more changes continuing to come. More players have been brought in. So it is very much uh, just a, a, an assembly line missing a lot of parts and pieces. Or you know we're putting them together while we're trying to also play games. So hopefully the quieter schedule will help with these things. Um, but you know it, there's a lot going on too. And you just think about this like. What's Abamian going to be like? What's Ziyech going to be like? They both were dealt huge blows, and we expect them to come back into the team. Now they have to manage that as well. And uh, it's just, uh, I, I do have some empathy, do have some sympathy, but again, the league goes on. You don't get to sit on the sideline, build it, and come back when you're ready. You got you to gotta perform every single week. So uh, we will. Hopefully it's a good weekend. Hopefully all the big teams lose. Uh, except the problem is if teams around us win, we might drop even further. <laughs> it's a no-win position right now. Yeah, pretty much. But we're still hopeful. I don't think all of the excitement, optimism is washed away, Dan, from the transit window. Um, it definitely blunted it today. But if you go back and just smack West Ham, um, keep another clean sheet, I think that there's going to be some resiliency in the in the fans with that. Well, look, it was a draw, not a loss, and it happened on Friday, which means you can kind of still enjoy your weekend because Chelsea didn't ruin it on a Saturday or a Sunday. Word. Word, Dan. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Again, like I said, we had a a full week of content, some really good stuff. Matt Law dropped a ton of knowledge. Tinkerman crushed it as well. Um, You know, Blue Royalties continuing to do the businesses. Their transfer window ended as well. So uh, make sure you catch up on that. We have the the newsletter went out as well. 
So I don't know, like bored, that's on you. So <laughs> not, not, not because we're not doing it. So um, hope you're enjoying it. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Uh, again, Chelsea on a Friday, just a bit weird. I don't think it's what any of us liked. It's definitely not what the, the UK fans like, but uh, you gotta, you gotta do it for the TV time, which puts money in the pockets of the club. So anyways, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap there. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.